What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? Time for a little family meetup here on FantasyAlarm.com. It is the Family Times podcast. My name is Justin Fetsterman along with Matt Sells and Ryan Halliman. Guys, down the stretch we come. It's fantasy football playoff time for some seasons on the line. Happy to be here, ready to help all of our FA subscribers, our family, dominate through their playoffs. Sells, how you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. It's been a bunch of packages showing up at my house today because, you know, it's holiday season. We got a mixed mixed religious household here, so we got both Hanukkah and Christmas we're gearing up for. Uh, Hanukkah starts this Sunday and then obviously Christmas a week later. So I'm just like a mailman who doesn't leave the house today, apparently. Like I'm I'm just getting up. Amazon's been here. UPS has been here. Mail guy's been here. I don't know what else is going to show up. I just what do you like celebrating better between the two? Which do I like celebrating better? Yes. Hanukkah? Okay, that's fine. Look, I'm someone that celebrates Hanukkah, but I'm jealous of Christmas, though. All one day, it's like the Super Bowl. You build up for one day, you open all the gifts with Hanukkah. It's like, oh, man, by the time you reach the seventh or eighth day, it's kind of like, all right, at least for me, at least for me, it's like enough of this already. I mean, fair, but this year, like, the seventh night falls on Christmas, so we get a twofer. And I celebrate Christmas anyway because I get Chinese food and a Christmas story. Oh, perfect. Perfect right there. You know you know, I'll be ordering that as well, Selzy. Ryan, how you doing? I'm jealous of the Chinese food, but not of a Christmas story. Oh, okay. I hear you, man. Ryan, if you were going to order something from the Chinese food restaurant, what's the Ryan Hallam order? Generally a sesame chicken person. I uh, can mow down some boneless spare ribs. Egg rolls are always easy. Crab Rangoon. Yeah, uh, no, I can... you know, Crab Rangoon is so hit or miss for people. I'm a Crab Rangoon guy. I feel like that's a thing. Also, like fried wontons, like different places make them differently. So you, I have had bad Crab Rangoon, but when done well, I think they're they're top notch. So I, I have to make an assessment on Crab Rangoons because – I'm slightly lactose intolerant, so the cream cheese causes problems. Right. So I have to weigh, like, is the tastiness of the crab rangoon going to outweigh the issues later? Like, I, you know, so I usually stick with dumplings, personally, or shumai, depending on, like, you know, if it's Japanese or Thai or Korean. I could eat Chinese food every day in my life. So. Yep. I definitely, I definitely could. My daughter asked me that the other day. She's like, could you live off Chinese? I said, yes. There are just so many options you could go with. You could go the like, low main route. You could go the chicken, the beef route. The big I like shrimp and lobster sauce. That's shrimp, delicious. Shrimp lo mein is good. Oh, yeah, why don't, don't we start a Chinese food podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate because, I mean, everyone, just, a lot of people. Just for fun, a fun book I'm reading right now is Fatal Fried Rice, just for fun. <laughs> That's okay. funny. Fits with the it's theme. a lightweight. It's a lightweight one. Can like compared to the Prey series by John Sanford or like some other heavier murder mystery ones. So you got to mix in the fun murder mystery ones in there too. I hear you, man. I hear. You. Well, speaking of things that are going to be mixed in, Saturday games. Yeah, that's something we have to talk about here because not only do we have our Thursday night football game, but we also have a few Saturday games as well. And I never really was into the whole Saturday and Sunday. I kind of like it all like in a way like Christmas, all in one shot right there. But that's how it's going to be for the coming weeks here as we trudge through our playoffs here, guys. And here's the interesting thing. With this time also comes a lot of sad stories 
stories about terrible fantasy sports commissioners. Some of our FA subscribers have been tweeting me because I'm very vocal about this, what it takes to be a good commissioner. And there are some commissioners out there who are cheating to the point where they're tinkering with other people's rosters. And not only that, guys, I don't know if you've ever run into anything like this, but all of a sudden prize leagues, leagues with payouts and prizes, all of a sudden become free because the commissioner gets too lazy to collect the entry fees or people are ducking him, in which my defense is, if you're a fantasy sports commissioner and you don't have all the entry fees, that's your problem and you're to pay out of pocket for it. That's how it goes. Get it before everyone starts with their drafts and then you'll be organized. If you don't have it, it's not, oh, well, the payout now is deducted from the jerk-offs entry fee who didn't give it. But to me, it's up to the commissioner and it's on them. And I've actually had to go out of pocket to pay for some jerk years ago who did not pay, who was recommended by a cousin of mine and let him into the league, needed one more, didn't pay the entry fee. And it, I felt it was on me, the commissioner. And since then, that's the way I've been seeing it. And I feel that it's up to the commissioner to collect all the entry fees. That doesn't happen. It's up to the commissioner to make the difference. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Fantasy Baseball League, we have, you don't get your um, entrance to the draft room until you pay, unless there's some serious extenuating circumstance that, you know, you can not, not that you have to prove that it happened, but like, it's got to be a believable extenuating circumstance, right? Um, but yes, so on that note, uh, I'm not ducking you, Fancy. I had car trouble earlier this week, so the money I was going to give you for the football league. I wasn't even going to ask that. I wasn't even going to ask about that. I was going to hit you up privately, but we'll make it public. Yeah, it's okay. No, I'm not ducking, Fancy. To be perfectly honest, it's just the money I had set aside to go for it. I had to go to a car battery so I could, you know, get around town. So I will pay you in the next couple of days here, Fancy. Oh, see, now, now you went in. Ryan, what do you think, Ryan? Should I get him a little bit or should I just let him off scot-free now? <laughs> I mean, I think it should be as humiliating as humanly possible. Okay, good. Then I'll, do that. then I'll do that since Cells brought it up here. Cells, you told me you were going to get me that. And with you fitting the extenuating circumstances, you told me you were going to get me that Monday or Tuesday. You know, it's uh, you said I'll get it today or tomorrow. Which, look, Cells, I love you very much. I knew that wasn't happening. I knew it. I love you. You're great. I knew that wasn't happening. So now that you brought it up, make sure you get the entry fee to this. I did actually have to put in a new car battery. I'm not kidding. Like, I, there's literally messages in Slack in the exec channel that prove it. That is true. I can back <laughs> that part up. <laughs> See, I have evidence, people. This is how you make a claim. You have evidence on your side. Oh, um, the, the old, the old, my car battery failed to get out of work cells. Good touch by you. I literally. <laughs> I hear you. Ryan, what do you think? Do you believe him? Yeah, I do. Like I said, only because of messages I've seen. And yeah, I, I, I do. He's sells, and, and not that I think you're doubting this, but sells a pretty stand up guy. Yeah. And Look, if it wasn't, I, I would have a meeting 20 minutes after getting my wisdom teeth yanked out. So, like, <laughs> you know. I was very surprised about that. That was good by you, Sells. That was very good. What are some of the stand up guy? You, kind of. What are some of the things that you guys have run into when it comes to commissioner issues so that maybe we raise some awareness, not only how to make people better fantasy football commissioners, but to get them to avoid the lousy ones. Ryan, like what are some of the issues that you've run into? Cause you do a great job running your fantasy survivor leagues. Let me tell you. 
<laughs> the only thing that I really run into that I can think of recently, because um, I've been in most of the leagues I'm in, I've been in for a long time, um, is like one keeper league. People were just unloading their roster for keepers. So it's like, you know, say week 13 or week 14, and you're looking for a prime keeper for next year. Well, trade off three stars for that keeper. And that's just basically would propel someone to a championship if they had a, a you know, a upper tier keeper. So, you know, after a couple of years of seeing that happen and complaints and everything, the commissioner also made a minimum points uh, rule where if you didn't score enough points, you lost your keeper, so you couldn't just unload your roster at the end um, to to just get you know whoever you thought the best keeper was. So that's the only thing I could think of in recent years that that's really been an issue in any of my leagues. Um, I had a, a league that was a neighborhood league, and the commissioner was a neighbor of mine, and he had his two sons in the league, and the three of them always seemed to pull off these ridiculous trades that then never got vetoed because he was the commissioner, so they could just pull off, like, I'm trying to remember exactly who was traded for who, um, but it'd basically be the akin of, like, now trading Kyler Murray for Patrick Mahomes mm. and it's not Keeper League, because one of the, like, they would always rig it so that the one that was in the playoffs would get the better end of the trade. Like, oh, I don't want to go pick up a, a quarterback on waivers, because quarterbacks at this point of the year basically suck on waivers. Uh, so they would get a big name guy at a position that they need and always offload a guy who hasn't done anything or is injured or whatever. And it would never get vetoed because their dad was a commissioner. And so I love that league after two years, um, still lived in the neighborhood, just didn't do the fantasy football league. Cause I can't deal with collusion as my dog drinks water in the background. No, I understand that, and I understand the dog drinking the water in the background, too. Mine drinks water, too, Cells. We have something in common here. <laughs> so when it comes down to this overall, it's look, you can always find somebody else to be in your fantasy league. You might not know the person personally, but you can fill the league. But what you shouldn't do is continue playing in leagues with lousy commissioners. Then it's on you. If you experience something very terrible happening, and then you're like, well— you know, they still run the league. I don't want to go through that. Well, that then that's your problem. Have Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so many people just don't want it because being a fantasy football commissioner, sports commissioner, it's such a thankless job. There's a lot more that goes into it than being a participant, making sure that the league is fair, making sure there's no illegal activity like stashing players on the IR who aren't on the IR. There's a lot making sure people are setting their lineups. I ran into one situation in one of my leagues where I'm fighting for a final playoff spot. And in the other matchup, the person that I'm fighting for that playoff spot with, they're facing a team that didn't set their lineup for this past weekend. And I went completely ballistic about it because that it essentially screws me. Now, luckily, because of points, I ended up still getting in. But that could have taken me out of the playoffs simply because this one week, this one participant decides not to set his lineup and start multiple players on bye. And that, I almost thought that was collusion because he was facing his sister and his sister had a chance to make the playoffs. And then when I asked the commissioner about it, completely ghosted right there. And that's just wrong. I can't stand that when people take the fun out of fantasy football like that. 
I'm on the fence on that if, one. I don't know if you can force someone to start a set a lineup. I know you should, and I do, but I'm not sure if I feel like that's a commissioner's job. It's not, but I feel like it's an extra, especially around this time, that's needed because there oh, are a lot of teams that are out of I, it that'll just give up on the season. Oh, I get that. It screws you. I I feel like that's kind of like a human element. Like, I don't know what – like, that just might be like, oh, that sucks, but that it is what it is. I don't know. Let me – is this, is this a keeper league? This is not a keeper league. Okay. Because I could almost see if it was a keeper league, somebody doesn't want to get rid of a player, like drop a player that's on late by to go fill a roster spot and then, you know, lose them. Now, the person that didn't set their roster, they're out of it, right? It's not yes. like they're locked up. They're out. Yeah, I don't know there's really a way around it right like well i mean you you as the commissioner can remind the league mates hey make sure you set your lineup that way you know in our league cells one of the incentives that i have and this came through actually for you yes big time and it (laughs) came through for the guy who nearly went winless after winning the title last year is that i give ryan i give weekly payouts in my home league to the highest scoring team of the week Mm -hmm. and it's a $10 payout every week, except for the final three of the fantasy regular season. Then it gets up to 20. Why? And Howard Bender, Adam Ronitz have all made fun of me. Everybody gets a payout, too many payouts. It incentivizes my league to still set their lineup. Let's say a team all of a sudden catches fire late in the year. Okay, maybe Sells' team can't make the playoffs, or maybe one of my other friends who's at the bottom of the league, his team can't make the playoffs, but he can work off some of that entry fee if the team catches fire. And we had two teams of the three weeks with the $20 payouts. We had two teams that had not won a high score payout all week or all year win a high score payout. And now sells gets 20% off his entry fee because of it. That's a good deal. I'm Jewish. That's a good deal when I see one. (laughs) And the reason why I instituted that is because teams weren't setting their lineups. And I was tired of feeling like a parent having to chase their kid around. Go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, take off your shoes. These are grown-ass people. And I got sick and tired of it. So what we do, we lower down the prizes of the normal prizes. You give out high score of the week. It incentivizes your league. And people have come back to me, well, are those bad teams really going to win those payouts? Well, two teams. And by the way, my team didn't make the playoffs. I was second for that high score payout last week. There are multiple teams that had high scoring weeks. And especially, by the way, in a year where scoring's down in football, hell yeah. That's a great way to win back some of your entry fee. Well, not win, but owe less at the end. And that's huge. Or if you actually paid it on time, boom, you get a payout just because of that right there. I mean, Sells, you joined my league for the first time this year. What did yeah. you think of that feature? I thought it was handy. I mean, I, you know, I'm a guy that goes through and sets my my rosters every week, regardless of if there's a payout or not, because I joined a league. And like the advantage, the reason why people play fantasy football is because it's shorter than any other fantasy sport, right? Basketball is long yes it's only 82 games compared to you know baseball's 162 but they take their sweet time to play those 82 games man that season's like six months so 
hockey, basketball, baseball, everybody goes, oh, they're too long. And then you go, oh, football's only like a couple of months. And then people like aren't setting lineups in football. That's a problem. So I'm the type of person that goes through and sets a lineup every week, regardless of if I'm in it or not. I may not make uh, pickups because I don't want to like affect somebody who's actually in it trying to get a piece that may or may not make a difference for them. Um, but I will set my lineup to the best of my ability. So it's a nice feature. And look, yes, as somebody who's spaced on paying the entry fee, sure, it's nice because now <laughs> I don't have to pay quite as much. Comes out as basically a wash in the end because I would have, you know, I'm still paying the same amount to play the league. Um, but yeah, it's a nice, it's certainly a nice feature. I do like upping it later in the season to make sure that people are, um, you know, setting lineups. Maybe that's the way around it is you bribe people. Everybody <laughs> likes it. Everybody likes a bribe from time to time. Right. Um, it's not bribing cells. It's incentivizing. Sure it it's okay. paying somebody it's to do something they ordinarily wouldn't. Okay. It's incentive. Fine. You know what? Maybe a bribe. <laughs> hey man, I bribe my kids to do stuff all the time. It's called allowance. <laughs> I, 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 the same league I just complained, well, didn't complain about, but said the thing that, that had the, the keeper league problem also has high score payouts. Uh, and I've been in that league, I don't know, at least a decade. And I do like it. I mean, you can't say just because you're out of it, you can't. I mean, Derek Carr has started a little bit better. You could have drafted him and he screwed you. Christian Watson was out most of the year. Now he's a, every week, like Evan Engram has caught fight. So guys do catch fire at the end of the season. So just because you didn't have a good year, uh, you know, guys you drafted, maybe you didn't drop them, uh, can definitely certainly help you do better down the stretch. I think everybody, you know, I, I think there's a team in every league that starts out slow and then finishes strong. It's just a matter of if they make the playoffs or not. So I I like the idea. Uh, it, it not only just adds, gives something to the people who are out of it, but it gives something else to the people who are in it too. Like, you know, you, I, I check that every week to see if I, you know, scored the most points and something else to, to watch during the day on Sunday and, and Monday. Like, Oh, you know, if your matchups decided, Oh, well I'm seven points away from getting the high score. So I, I like it. I, I don't know why everybody gives you a hard time about it, but uh, I think anything to like, like Sal said, we do it cause it's fun. Anything to make it more fun to me. I'm, I'm down for it. So let me bring this up now to make it more fun, potentially, or at least more fair. Another topic that often comes up, and that be, that's because people don't read their rules, and that's playoff qualifying, and how I feel a lot more leagues are starting to go towards the points matter more kind of theory where playoff spots are determined by points rather than every single one being determined by win-loss and head-to-head. Reason why, one of the reasons why is because schedule's randomized. You don't know who you're playing. You could be getting everybody's toughest week. You could have the most points in the league. It's happened a zillion times, multiple times in my league. Happened last year. Whoever wins the points title, actually two of the last three, didn't make the playoffs. And to combat that, leagues have taken the final team or two and rather than determine it by win-loss records, if they qualify, most points of the remaining teams besides the top four that make it via record. And I agree with this. I have not been able to get this approved in any of my leagues because I think people are still trying to understand why it exists, understand what makes it fair. But cells, I noticed you were shaking your head on that. Are you not a fan 
of playoff spots being determined, or at least one or two, if six get in, one, if not two, being determined by most points. I think it's fine to use it as a tiebreaker, but I'm not disrespecting records and just going, hey, you went 0-12 because you took everybody's best shot, but you actually scored the most points out of the people that went 6-6. Six and six. So you get in even though you haven't won a damn game because you scored points. Like, I get the point is to score points, but if you got outscored, then I'm sorry. It's just the draw. It happens to everybody. Like, you should have a team capable of winning games to make the playoffs. It That's just how I feel. If you're going to use it as a tiebreaker between, like, okay, you've got three six and six teams, only two of them are going to get in, the lowest scoring one, then that's fine. But I'm not, like, holding open a, a playoff spot for somebody that happened to light up the scoreboard every week, regardless of outcomes. I'm in a league where head-to-head is the main tiebreaker between seeding, and then if you happen to play each other, like, because there's a few teams that we play twice, in like, because in Drew's league, it's 10 teams, right? And the playoffs don't start till week 15. So... After week nine, you're going to start playing teams twice. So if you split, then it goes to points. Okay. But like if you if you beat people, you should get credit for it. I, I don't get the whole let's just throw the records out and go with points argument. I, I, I don't I don't know. Not throw them out completely, Cells, just maybe for one spot, because you you see it often that teams that score a lot of points, which is the true determining factor of how your team is doing versus a schedule where you're at the mercy of the randomized schedule where it's a lot of luck that's factored in. It takes away some of that luck. I'll, I'll say this. I am not in any leagues that way. I, I, I'm kind of in Matt's corner. Uh, I've played fantasy football so long that I think that that's just the way to, and I, I'm fine with this. A spot or two or or three, uh, probably two, for the high point scores. I hate this new against the median crap uh, and, and all these other ways that people are coming up with new. Sorry, Scott Fish, I love you and your league, but I don't <laughs> did not enjoy that at all. Well, the um, SSG like or not the SSG the family the return yeah. to the family sleeper league was also a median thing. So, like, right. now we have 32 it. games in 14 weeks or some some ridiculous thing. There are some that you play everyone every week, and then you get the win. Lo- I don't I don't care. For- so this guy, I've been scrolling back, because there's a guy who follows me on Twitter that asks me for advice all the time. He has the most points in the league by at least 70, and he is 5-9 and nine and in last place. Uh, and he obviously also has the most points against. The team was killer. And he just somehow lost all the time. Uh, so okay, it does happen. I mean, it it does. And NFL.com tells you, like, they give you records in multiple ways, like your overall record and then your, your coach record. So, like, how you would have been if, like, you didn't screw up. If you automatically had the highest scoring lineup every week that you could have come up with, how you would have been. And then it has against the league. I'm sorry. If you have the highest scoring point total – and you're five and nine, there's got to be something on you that, like, it can't be all scheduled. Like, you can't have taken everybody's best shot every single week of the entire season. 
I mean, he like, had the most points against by a, by a good margin too. I think I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you. And, and but I will tell you because literally this guy texts me, uh, tweets me every week. He really did. It was a ridiculous <laughs> team. I don't know. He has 70 more points than anyone else, and 100 more points than the third place team. So that's like almost 10 points a week higher than everyone else. Uh, but it, but again, going back to our original point, I just think he gets screwed this year. It sucks, but you know that's what it is. But I, I'm not against one or two spots being a, a, by points. Like I said, this new creative stuff I, I don't care for. But if I was to commission a league, it would be win loss record. So let me let me ask you this then: If we're just going everything based on points, and I think we had this discussion last year, when it gets to the playoffs, are you just going points? You're not going head to head. You're just going to let four weeks play out and whoever the highest scoring team is wins. Because the argument for you put up the most points, but your team sucked nuts and win loss record is, okay, what if I'm 14 and 0 or 13 and 1 or 12 and 2 and I still scored a pretty decent amount of points? It's not like I was inching out every game, right? And then you play the team that just eked in and then they beat you in the first week. Like, gonna, I mean, that happens. I've literally seen it. it's happened to me, and I've been the one to to do that, where I made the championship on a team that just eked in because I got everybody got healthy like in the second half, right? But if the argument is that total points should get you into the playoffs regardless of win loss, then why is then then why is the playoffs head to head? Shouldn't it just be a four week point off? That's another big discussion, too, because how often do we see in semifinals, especially where you've got one matchup that's 160 to 153, and then on the other side of the bracket, you have 87 to 80. It yeah. happens a lot. I mean, it happens. It happened in my home league last year. Right. I made right. the championship scoring 180 points, which was more than twice what the winner of the other semifinal scored. And, and superstitious me goes, oh, I scored – way too many points i'm not going to score enough to win the the final because i'm like well there's only a certain amount of points out there and i just wasted a chunk right no it didn't i mean i wound up winning anyway but it happens right but like the same thing is true in in actual sports like the chiefs won a playoff game a few years ago 51 24 and then the patriots who played them the following week won their game like 10 to 7 Okay, you won. I don't care how you win. You won. Hard to mimic. It's hard to mimic everything. That's I'm not saying we should try to do that still so life, but I'm just saying, like, it happens everywhere. Fantasy, reality, hybrid, whatever you want to talk about. There's all sorts of instances in which one team beats the piss out of another team, but the other series is super close. Right? We talk about this all the time in terms of like playoff series, right? Like in baseball, you get one team that swept one team and the other series goes seven games. How is that fair to one or the other? It's just how it works. But like, I, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to a point off in the, in the postseason, but like it also goes against how you've spent your entire rest of your season. So you could also get rid of head-to-head completely. There, I've been in a league where you just face off against the field every week, and the highest-scoring team gets 11 points all the way down to one or whatever it is, 
And that's that's it's total points, and that's it. And you're facing off against the field. It's all scores against each other. And then that's just either the top six of the points at the end of the season, make the playoffs, and you don't then go head-to-head. You remain, you could do it one of two ways. You can either have it go late into the fantasy season and then have a week 17 final with the top four teams, or you can spend a couple of weeks and then eliminate a team every week until you get to like two or three for your final. But people don't like to do that. And it's all, well, head-to-head's more fun. But then, Ryan, we just talked about the other side of, how it lacks fairness with the luck of the schedule. You can't, it's not Burger King. You can't have it your way, but there's just another way you can play. And that's getting rid of head to head altogether. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, this circles all the way back to the beginning of this podcast. We're talking about commissioners. I think it's their decision. And then based on how you, you like to play, you decide if you join the league or not. So if this was, if it was an all points league or half the field was set because of points and half head to head, wouldn't join the league. So I, I do think, I think there's a million different ways to play fantasy. Well, not a million, but there's a lot of different ways to play fantasy football. To me, you join the leagues that, that have the rules that you like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, guys, let's go to the family table. We've talked a lot about, and look, it's the reason is, I mean, I saw Rich Eisen complaining about it on Twitter that in one of his leagues there, why, why am I not in the playoffs? I have more wins than the team that got in. And then when the analysts, responded and defended himself rich eisen goes huh so that'll be great when the lions get into the playoffs or in the nfc over the commanders because they have more points scored than that (laughs) that was pretty funny that response right there but that's why these issues are fun to bring up i'm sure all of you or a lot of you deal with this in your fantasy leagues as well what makes fantasy football the fairest it could possibly be well head to head yeah, you can have victory points. You could do double headers as well to help combat it. But if you don't, that's just the way it is. You're at the mercy of the schedule. And by the way, if you and your friends on Yahoo, and it's the same group every single year, the schedule, unless you somehow change it, it'll keep the same exact schedule as you had the previous year. I've noticed this recently. So if you're playing on Yahoo, for instance, just be mindful of that, that if you have the exact same roster of participants in there no one leaves the league no one joins the league make sure you find a way to mix up that schedule too because it shouldn't be like that where i'm playing the same guy that i played in week 14 the last year or two it's no 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 need for that no need at all family table time guys cells what are you bringing to the family table this week what i'm bringing to the family table is that mlb needs to change their rules and require owners to spend a certain amount of money every year. There is zero reason, zero reason why owners should be crying poor. I'm sorry, but the teams get about $100 million a year from TV money, both nationally, regional broadcast, MLB.tv, all of that good stuff. And the ones that don't get quite as much in TV money still get revenue sharing money. Where does all the luxury tax go that Steve Cohen's about to pay, which is like 90% of his roster? Um, it goes to like the Pirates and the A's. Okay, the 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 A's owner bought the team for like a hundred and eighty million dollars and is now worth one point eight billion, and he hasn't spent a flipping dime on that team. Okay, we need to force MLB owners to spend at least the luxury tax money 
and revenue sharing money that they're getting. But you've got to set a sal- salary floor. I don't think we need a salary cap. I'm actually against salary caps. I think they they don't actually do anything to help the league. There are so many ways around salary caps that it makes it pointless. Um, but a salary floor has to happen. You cannot have the A's have a payroll right now of $45 million, which is equivalent to what the Mets are paying either Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. Not both, either one. They're paying one guy the same amount as the Oakland A's are paying for their entire double-A-plus roster in the major leagues, right? That roster's terrible, especially since they traded Sean Murphy. Um, but we, you have to – it's a multi-billion dollar sports league. And I don't want to hear, oh, baseball's dying and there's so many small markets. The Padres have the fifth most expensive team on the planet right now. Market 27. <laughs> they're like 28th or 27th market in in baseball san diego over 26 the pirates are in a better market than san diego and they don't spend pirates owner is abysmal like he's that guy is terrible um so we we've got to make we've got to make it so that mlb requires owners to to spend a certain amount and i don't care if they keep the same roster and just pay guys more that's not ideal but like you can't have the dodgers and mets and Padres and Philly signing everybody on the planet and everybody else is like a terrible baseball team that that's not good for the sport I know that baseball's had the most parity in the last 30 years in terms of different teams winning but it's still not great when you got the Mets up there with like a 340 million dollar payroll and their payroll is more than like the bottom seven or eight teams in the league combined it's not a good look for your organization for your league Crazy. Yeah, no, look, it's it's the spending's been crazy. The Correa contract, the Giants spending money. I, I don't have a problem with the Correa contract, actually. I mean, the fact that you're going to pay him till he's 41 is interesting. But I don't have a problem with them spent. Like, the Giants don't pay for their stadium anymore. They paid it off. So all of the mortgage payments that everybody else has on their stadium, the Giants don't have. So they're, they're cash loaded. That's fine. You want to spend? Go for it. I'm not going to shame a team into spending $27 million a year on a starting shortstop. That's fine. I'm going to spend. I'm going to shame the Oakland A's for trading your one-star player and Sean Murphy for a bag of crap, and then go, yeah, we're not going to pay for minor leagues in a in a shutdown year because it cost a million dollars to pay all of our minor leaguers one year salary combined. Are the Braves just the best run organization in sports? Yes. Like, I mean, aside from having Marcelo Zuna still on the roster, <laughs> right? That's true. I'm dude, just saying. But as like, soon as I saw that Strider contract months ago, I was like, dude, "What?" So the Mets are going to pay 130 million dollars for like Francisco Lindor, um, Scherzer, Verlander, and I think Darling Marte, maybe or one other small, like maybe Edwin Diaz. And the Braves, like, have 15 dudes that cost them a total of $120 million. Like, it's insane how, how good they are at signing contracts. Absolutely. Ryan, what do you bring to the table? Well, I usually use this to plug one of my games, but since they're pretty much all done, I'll plug someone else's game because we are involved with it. So the Better Sports Network, powered by Fantasy Alarm, has a bowl of college football bowl contest going 
Uh, it starts with this Tuesday's game. So get in now, fantasyalarm.com slash bowl contest. Free to enter. They're giving away all kinds of signed college merch, uh, helmets, footballs, jerseys, 8 by 10s Compete against a guy like our own Justin Fensterman and the other hosts at BSN. So get in there, free to play. And don't forget, we still have Thursday night prop contests. Monday night prop contest and picking games against the spread on Sunday for $100 gift cards, $50 gift cards, $25 gift cards, FA shirts. So even if your team sucks and you had the most points but didn't make the playoffs, you still have ways to have fun for the last few weeks. Yes, it's true. It's true. The season only ends when you allow it to end. So don't just sit there while your friends are competing in the playoffs and you're thinking that you're just sitting there alone out in the cold. Uh-uh. Come on, fantasyalarm.com. Join these contests here. You can participate against our analysts, as Ryan said, whether it's college or the NFL. We got you covered, churning out just a ton of content overall. Hey, real, on the site. real quick there, Hallam, do they have college announcer bobbleheads as part of the BSN uh, contest? Unfortunately, no. I, it's, oh, uh, I was but, really hoping to get fancy a Gus Johnson bobblehead. I can use one for my collection, actually. I know. That's why I brought it up. That's a thing he collects. Yes, it's yeah. I don't know if you're making fun of me by saying I'm that. Not. I was. Gus Johnson's awesome. Yes, I, I love that. Uh, you would need that to have a chip in it. He would have to like say something. Like some of mine that I have, actually, like Ryan, like I, I have the Jack Buck one I've showed you. I have the Mike Shannon one as well. When he goes, get up there, get up, get up. Oh, David <laughs> Freeze home run. There will be a game seven. Like I love that kind of stuff. And you see, I people make fun of me. I'm just such a broadcast nerd. When it comes to that. So I I love love that you brought that up, Cells. Because I would actually take that over an entry fee at this point here. Now, <laughs> listen, look, excuse me, guys. I'm going to go on eBay and see. I, I literally just opened the tab. We're going to see if there's a Gus Johnson bobblehead. <laughs> hey, my birthday's in two months. So ah, just saying. Yeah, it's almost Hanukkah, too. We'll <laughs> birds, three birds with one stone. That's right, great. right. I'm going to say this. I'm going to give it like a piece of advice for everybody now when it comes to fantasy playoffs and i know that when you're knee deep into our content you're very much focused on the matchups but you got to remember sometimes good players great players thrive even in poor matchups and it's not a shocking thing but be careful when setting your lineups don't get too cute yeah if there's an injury and something's obvious if there's a blatant bad matchup then yes, absolutely. But be careful when starting dart throw players because in your mind you're thinking their ceiling's enormous right there. Everybody's got a ceiling. Everybody's got a floor. When it comes, am I saying start your studs necessarily? No, I'm not saying start your studs necessarily. But don't ace yourself out and bench certain studs who have been coming through for you for the most part, even in a questionable matchup. Great players, and I'm talking about those top tier per positions. Great players still thrive, even in bad matchups. That's why they're as great as can be. And I can probably speak for all three of us is that we're going to be getting a lot of those type of lineup questions over the next few days. I already got someone. I already got one on Discord asking if he should play Kenneth Walker tonight over anybody. And I was like, I'd leave it. Look, if Traylon Burks doesn't play, then, you know, I'm fine with putting in like maybe Drake London, because Desmond Ritter is likely to throw the ball more than Marcus Mariota did. But 
I'm not getting cute. I'm not playing Kenneth Walker, who, by the way, hasn't been playing great in the last few weeks to begin with, and now you want to start him against the best rush defense in the league? Uh, I don't think so. Also, he already had um, DK Metcalf in his lineup, and I think somebody else from Seattle. I'm like, you really don't want to play three dudes from Seattle in a Thursday matchup and screw your entire week before anybody else plays. Like, that's... You know, I've gotten Ken Walker questions multiple. Ken Walker versus Travis Etienne. And I get it. The Cowboys are a scary team. But, and you have to look beyond the full season and the average fantasy points per week. If you look at average fantasy points per week, the Cowboys have allowed to running backs. It's fewer than 10. However, if you look into the matchup a little bit more and see what recent running backs have done against the Cowboys, you can run on them a little bit here. So. Just be, and I know ETN, he hasn't been great. He might still even be hurt with that foot. He hasn't been utilized in the passing attack in Jacksonville. But still, you, if you look at the last few running backs that have faced the Cowboys, you can have some success on them. You can get that yardage. They haven't allowed many touchdowns, but you can run on them a little bit. And that's why you got to dive deep into the matchups, especially if you're going to bench an ETN. That's a, maybe so far the most popular question i've been getting is travis Etienne versus x player so you also have to take a look at the like a if you go to the the game previews that Britt flynn and i do every week we have a table with 34 different stats for every team in every matchup that ranks them against the league in those stats so it gives you the stat and then how that ranks and then it's color-coded the more green you see the better it is for that team's offensive players right? Um, there's running back receptions per game in that table, right? That's why like playing running backs against the Chiefs makes a lot of sense because they can't stop passes uh, to running backs. But you also, on this note, have to take a look at what teams do against that position for teams that really utilize that position. Like, for example, this makes a lot of difference in tight ends, right? Everybody will look and go, oh, this team is good against tight ends, or this team is terrible against tight ends. Well, if you think a team is good against tight ends, look at who they played. If they didn't face Kansas City or San Francisco or Vegas with a healthy Darren Waller or, you know, teams that actually throw to the tight end, you can't take those those stats very seriously. Like Seattle is – decent against tight ends except when they play elite ones they allow 180 yards receiving like (laughs) you got to look at these things you can't just go oh average is this okay that's how you lose you got to look into because i'm guaranteeing you there are going to be a lot of people that bench travis Etienne and then are going to be shocked as hell and ready to blame any analysts as to why well especially those that write start sick columns well sit travis Etienne. remember you can run a little bit on the Cowboys, and that's all it takes for a Travis Etienne, and that's why you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. Ryan Hallam, give him a follow on Twitter at Fighting Chance. He writes the wide receiver cornerback matchup report on FantasyAlarm.com. Matt Sells, as he mentioned, at the Sells Band on Twitter, writes the matchup previews, the game previews with Britt Flynn on the site. I got your fantasy football stock watch video. We're all knee-deep into the content. We'll be back next week before the holiday time begins once again. And remember two things. Number one, don't 
let that foot get off that gas pedal with the holidays. Holidays work against your mindset. Stay competitive. And number two, family that sticks together wins together.